Welcome to the Sweat Simple Podcast. My name is Brooks Herbis and I'm an online fitness coach helping people simplify and make sense out of the all too confusing fitness and nutrition industry. In this episode, I'm breaking down some of the most common fitness myths and if they're true or not. So grab a coffee, water, glass of wine, or lace up your walking shoes and let's dive in. Hello, Sweat Simple Squad. If you guys are listening in real time, it is the 6th of July. So I hope you all had a great 4th if you're here in the US. But I also know that a lot of times holidays can come with guilt or frustration over what you ate or drank. So I just want to give the reminder that no matter what happened on the 4th of July or this entire week, if you're taking an extended vacation, you did not ruin your fitness progress. Like seriously, I don't care if you drank 10 bottles of wine and had an entire bag of chips and an entire container of onion dip and pizza on top of that. No matter what, as long as you get back to it, you did not ruin your fitness progress. And also remember, it's okay for weight loss to not be your number one priority for weeks or for a day and to just prioritize making those memories with family and friends instead. So you didn't ruin anything. You didn't mess anything up. It is also never too late to make a different decision, to make a decision that's more in line with your goals. You are never more than one meal, one workout away from getting back to your normal routine. So promise me, we're not gonna feel any guilt. We're just gonna go about our business, get back to our normal routine and be okay with just enjoying a holiday and spending time with family and friends. So now we're jumping into the episode. Today we are covering some of the most common fitness myths. These are things that I hear often, whether on social media and just like common fitness trends or still a lot of questions that I'm getting in my DM. So I'm going to be breaking down five common fitness myths if they're true or if it's something, it's time to forget. So first up, my personal favorite, this one is near to dear to my heart. It is a fitness myth that I used to subscribe to. It is one that I still hear all the time. It is one of my favorite myths to help coach clients away from. And it is, you need to limit carbs to lose weight, especially after a certain time of day. Is that true or false? It's false, guys. Uh, Carbs alone are not causing you to gain fat. In fact, no one single food or drink or macro group is causing you to gain fat at all. Fat gain comes comes from eating too many calories overall. Uh, This could mean it's coming from foods like chicken breast, cake, or pasta. Obviously, it's going to be easier to overeat foods like cake or pasta, which is typically why this myth starts around carbs, but it's not that individual food in general. It's often a combination of these really yummy, delicious foods, which carbs tend to be, and eating too many calories overall, but it is not the carbs themselves. Another reason that this myth uh, tends to start up is that carbs do cause your body to retain and hold on to water. So if you eat a really carb-heavy meal, especially later at night, you're going to wake up the next day and the scale is going to be up. But it's not fat gain. It's not you didn't magically gain three pounds of fat overnight 
just because you ate some carbs, it's because your body is holding onto water from actually eating those carbs. So it's not the carbs themselves that's causing fat gain. It's eating too many calories overall. You don't have to be afraid of carbs. They are your body's preferred source of energy. You need carbs. If you find yourself feeling really tired all the time or starving in the afternoon, it's probably because you're not incorporating enough carbs into your diet. So rather than trying to restrict and cut them out, incorporate carbs, know that they are not the enemy, know that they are not causing you to gain weight. And I mean all carbs. I know people like to talk about good versus bad carbs, but the reality is that there are just simple versus complex carbs. Simple carbs give your body a more immediate energy release. So these are things like uh, white flour typically. So like white bread or things like candy, that's gonna give you a quick burst of energy versus complex carbs are more slow releasing carbs. So these are gonna be things that are like whole grain, brown rice, sweet potatoes, both are okay. They have different purposes in your body. They serve different purposes, but they're not good or bad. They are just simple versus complex. You can have both. Both can fit into your diet. Complex carbs are going to keep you fuller for longer and give you more sustained energy. So ideally, especially if you're trying to lose weight, the bulk of your diet would be coming from complex versus simple carbs, but both can fit. And as long as you're in a calorie deficit, you will lose weight, even if you're eating carbs. Now to address the myth, like you shouldn't have carbs after a certain time of day, that's also false. Carbs don't magically double in calories after 7 p.m. or after dinner time. They remain the same amount of calories and have the same effect on your body no matter the time. So you don't need to restrict or cut out carbs in order to lose weight. Myth number two, peanut butter is a good source of protein. False. Also false. It is not. <laughs> I don't know where this started that peanut butter was a good source of protein. I know it's something that I used to think too before I was a coach. Like if I had a big bowl of oatmeal, I would be like, okay, well, I'll add some peanut butter in there to get my protein in. That's just not true. Peanut butter does have protein in it, but just because something has protein in it doesn't mean it's a good source of protein. Foods are either a macro or sorry, foods fall into one of the three macro groups, protein, carbs, or fat. And it has to do with how many calories uh, are where like most of the calories in that food are coming from. So if most of the calories in a food is coming from carbs, then that food is considered a carb source. Peanut butter is considered a fat, not a protein. And most peanut butters, you're only getting about 70 grams of protein per 190 calories. So while peanut butter has protein in it, that's really not a good protein to calorie ratio for something to be considered a good or high source of protein. Because there's only seven grams of protein per 190 calories, that means you'd have to eat quite a bit of protein or peanut butter in order to get a decent amount of protein per meal, which in turn would mean a lot of calories. There are just much better protein sources that will keep you more full for less calories. So instead of peanut butter, instead of thinking like, oh, at the meal, peanut butter is my source of protein at the meal. Like, don't think of it that way because peanut butter shouldn't be the star protein of your meal. Peanut butter will help get your protein up. It can add a little bit of protein to your meal, but it shouldn't be like your star protein source at the meal. So instead, 
how to find a good or better source of protein, try and look for protein sources that have 10 grams per 100 calories. So things like egg whites, chicken, protein bars, really be careful protein bars, make sure they actually have that 10 grams per 100 calories. Um, cottage cheese, Greek yogurt, those are all higher sources of protein and that 10 grams per 100 calories is a really good rule of thumb. So if a bar is 200 calories, you want to make sure that it has at least 20 grams of protein. Uh, but that's how you can really tell if something is a solid protein source versus just having protein in it. Of course, your whole diet isn't going to be made up of high protein foods. You can still eat things like peanut butter and uh, nuts and brown rice. Um, I just forgot like literally every food that existed for a second. Um, you can eat things that aren't high in protein. Of course, you need that in order to build a balanced plate, but stop using peanut butter as your main protein source. It is just not a solid source of protein. Myth number three, most calories burned equals a good best workout. Again, this is false. The sign of a good, quote unquote, good workout is not the most calories burned. In fact, oftentimes those really intense, high intensity workouts that are burning the most calories are the most taxing workouts. And these types of workouts can make it really tough to recover from and leave you feeling really hungry. So if you're trying to tone up, AKA you're trying to build muscle, you really want to be strength training. That's the type of workouts that you want to be doing. And traditional strength training programs will just not have you burning that many calories. It's going to be uncomfortable if you're used to that high intensity interval training that does have you burning like 500 plus calories a workout. It's going to be a weird shift to see that you're only burning like 150 calories a workout. That's okay. These types of workouts if you're trying to build muscle, if you're trying to tone up, this is what you want. This is what drives an effective workout. Stop trying to sweat and burn the most amount of calories and instead focus on really trying to bring the intensity and push weight and make those last two to three reps feel hard. Calories burned from your workout are such a small percentage of your total calories burned for the entire day. That is not driving your weight loss. Your weight loss is driven from your nutrition. So instead of focusing your workouts on calories burned, you need to focus on your nutrition and focus on making your workouts the most effective that they need to be for your goals. And if your goal is building muscle, if your goal is toning up, if your goal is losing weight, you don't want to be doing these really high intensity workouts all the time. Of course, you can incorporate them into your program. Uh, you can do them a couple times a week, but you don't want the bulk of your training to be really high intensity or really, really long cardio sessions. Again, those are difficult to recover from. They likely leave you starving, which is going to make it harder for you to stay in a calorie deficit. And they're not actually helping you build muscle effectively, which when you're trying to tone up, when you're trying to change your body composition, that's what's important. So stop focusing on calories burned in your workouts. That does not even sweating too, or leaving your workout feeling really, really sore. Those are not the best indicators of a good workout. Myth number four, you can spot target fat. Guys, I'm sorry. 
this is false. <laughs> and I know how annoying it is that this is false, especially because many of you probably have an area that you think of as a quote unquote trouble area. And if you could like just lose a little bit of fat there, then you'd be all set. Unfortunately though, we just can't choose where we lose fat. You have to focus on losing weight overall and eventually you'll lose weight in that problem area. Again, this is really annoying, but oftentimes when you do have a quote unquote problem area or an area that you don't love, that can tend to be the last place we lose weight, but you can lose weight there. But instead of trying to spot target it, instead of trying to only lose weight in that specific area, you have to be okay with losing weight overall and know that eventually losing weight in that problem area will come. Another thing that you can do to help with this is build muscle in a specific area. So you can do that. You can spot target where you build muscle based off the type of workouts you're doing and the type of exercises that are included in your program. So let's say you really want to lose some back fat. You, in addition to eating in a calorie deficit to lose weight overall, you can also focus on building muscle on your in on your back to create more of that toned look. So you'll want to make sure that your program has lots of flat pull downs, rows, exercises that are really going to utilize your back muscles so you can grow muscle on your back and achieve more of that toned look. So while you can't spot target fat, you can build muscle in a specific area and you can lose weight overall. So can't spot target, but it is possible to change your body composition in a specific area. Fifth myth, any spike on the scale is from fat gain. You guys probably sense a trend at this point, but this one is also fat. And outside of the carb one, this is probably my favorite myth to debunk. Um, in fact, especially when a client first starts working with me, this is what we're talking about a lot is these scale fluctuations and getting comfortable with the fact that any spike in the scale is not from fat gain. I know when you see the scale go up, it's hard not to panic and assume it's fat gain, but it's typically not. Most of the daily fluctuations you see on the scale are from water weight. The scale can go from increased, the scale can go up from like having more carbs the day before, like we already talked about, having foods that are higher in sodium. Those are both going to cause your body to retain water. Other things that are gonna cause your body to retain water are really difficult workout. Your muscles hold on to water when they're recovering. So if you had like a really intense leg day the day before, you're probably gonna notice that the scale is gonna be up. If you ate later in the day than you typically do, or you have to go to the bathroom, like you don't go number two before you step on the scale, you're going to ha physically have more food in your system. So when you step on the scale, the scale is going to be up. If you're on your period, many women retain weight either on or like right before their period. That's going to cause the scale to be up. All of those reasons though, and many, many more that I didn't get into are not fat gain. It's increases from water weight. It's having more food on your system. And a good analogy that I like to think about is if you step on the scale and see a number, you're going to be like, okay, this is what I weigh. And then if you step on the scale again, but you're holding a watermelon, the scale is going to be up. It's going to have an increased weight. You didn't magically gain fat because you're holding on to a watermelon. The scale weighs more because you're holding on to a watermelon, which is a lot of water and food. 
it's the same whether the watermelon is outside of your body or inside of your body because you ate it. But depending on the types of things you're eating, the types of workouts you're doing, the scale might be up one day to the next, but it doesn't mean that you lost all your progress. It doesn't mean that you gained a bunch of fat. It's just water weight and the scale is going to fluctuate crazy like this all the time. And you have to get comfortable with the fact that these increases, because they're going to happen while you're losing weight, are not from fat gain. The scale shows muscle, water, and fat. You have to remember that. And you also have to have other ways of measuring progress that aren't just the scale. So take your measurements, pay attention to how your clothes fit, take progress photos, have other ways to measure progress that aren't just the scale. If you can do that and you can get comfortable with this and knowing that every time you step on the scale and you see that it's up, it's not backing, you're going to be in a much better position and headspace. I know I said I only have five myths, but I do have a bonus number six, especially because if you're listening in real time, it is summer and we all know that summer typically means travel and vacations. So bonus myth number six, vacation will ruin all of your progress. Thank God that this one is false. (laughs) I want you guys to think about all of your progress to date, like from when you very started your weight loss journey to now and all the progress that you've made. Did you get here where you are right now from just one week of eating healthy and going to the gym? Probably not, right? So you're not going to ruin all of your progress from one week of enjoying yourself either. In fact, I've had clients who go on multiple week long, like two week long European vacations. They eat the pasta, they eat the gelato, they just fully enjoy themselves guilt-free and then they come back and guess what? They didn't ruin all their progress. They didn't mess anything up. They don't need to start all over. They just pick back up where they left off And a lot of the times because they have gotten into these really balanced habits and they know what's going to make them feel good, even if they're on vacation and not counting calories, they don't even gain weight while they're away. So I just want you to remember, like, enjoy the week. Vacation is for vacation. It is not for making amazing progress towards your fitness goals and losing a ton of weight. If you go into vacation with the mindset of like, oh my God, I can't ruin my progress, you're probably not going to have a really good time on vacation, which is not what I want for you. I want you to feel so confident in your fitness habits. I want you to have such a great relationship with food that you go into vacation knowing that you aren't going to ruin all of your progress from one week of eating slightly different meals, of maybe drinking a little bit more, of relaxing and not exercising, of just making memories with your family and friends. Because truly, what is the point to doing all this? What is the point of having healthy habits? What is the point of trying to feel good, have more energy, take care of yourself, if not so that you can fully enjoy your life? And fully enjoying your life means being able to enjoy these vacations, make memories with your family and friends, and not feel guilty about anything that happens on these trips. So just remember that you are not going to ruin all of your progress from one week of vacation, from one week of enjoying yourself. And I want you to just focus on prioritizing other things that aren't fitness, because guess what? That's okay while you're on vacation. And just focus on moving on when you get back. So that's it. Those are my six 
uh, most common fitness myths and hope you guys enjoy that little bit of myth busting today. I know that social media kind of is really confusing and there is a lot of conflicting information out there when it comes to fitness and nutrition. It is the main reason I became a coach was to break through this noise and help you guys realize that a lot of these things aren't true. And when you see them, it's because they are attention grabbing and they can really like, you know, those headlines are like really intriguing. And as soon as you see something, you're like, okay, well that must be true. And then you start feeling guilty for doing the things that you just heard were wrong, AKA a lot of them have you feeling like you can't just enjoy your life, which is not true. So I just wanted to create this episode so you guys fully understand a little bit more about why these myths seem to be popping up so frequently and why you don't need to worry about them when you're losing weight. That wraps it up for this episode of the Sweat Simple Podcast. I hope this episode was helpful for you guys and you have a better understanding of why these myths just aren't true. Uh, If you have any questions on anything I discussed in this episode, please let me know. Shoot me a DM. I would love to chat about it with you more. If you want to apply to work one-on-one with me so we can really start busting these myths on a more regular basis, you can do that through the link in the show notes. But thank you guys so much for being here and I'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.